Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And the translation says, For sin shall not lord it over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So we are redeemed from spiritual death. But not only are we redeemed from spiritual death, we are redeemed from sickness and disease. You are listening to Rema Faith Radio with Reverend Talks and Akuna Dejuwong. Right now, let's join Reverend Toksa Dejuwong with today's teaching, The Reality of Our Redemption. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. We've been teaching on the highest kind of faith, and we're looking at what produces this highest kind of faith. What is the highest kind of faith? And I said during the previous broadcast that people walked in faith, faith we know, is acting on the word of God. And Old Testament saints walked in faith because they acted on the revelation that they had from God, his word. And that's what faith is. During Jesus' earth walk, we know, for instance, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said to her in Mark 5, 34, Daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Jesus said to the centurion who came on behalf of his servant, he said, I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. So people walked in faith before Jesus went to the cross. However, the highest kind of faith is the faith that has its foundation, that has its basis on the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. I pointed out during that broadcast how the Word of God says in Romans chapter 10, from verse 8 to 10, that, but what seeth it? The Word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So certainly there, there's a law to faith. There are principles to faith. The place of believing God's word in our hearts, speaking God's word with our mouths. However, the reason we can do that is because of what Jesus provided for us. It's his death, burial, and resurrection that made certain rights become ours. So while there's a vital side to walking in faith, the principles, the how it works, the, the dynamics of it, there is also a legal side to it. And it's the legal and the vital working together that will produce a victorious and a fruitful, effective faith life. Now, talking about that legal basis is what this series is about. What actually belongs to us in Christ? What are our rights? What are our privileges? What does the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, what does it stand for? What did it provide? And then um, we said in that previous um, broadcast that the first thing we must settle on is the integrity of God's word, the integrity of God's word. How the Bible is not just a, a book of the past or a book pointing merely to the future, but the fact that the Bible is God speaking to us in the now. The fact that we're to accept God's word for what it says and act upon it. Agree with what God says about us. So we need to settle, as we said, number one, the integrity of God's word. Settle that in our hearts. Well, today, 
I want to talk about a second thing that's critical to us walking in the highest type of faith, and that's the reality of our redemption. The reality of our redemption. And I'll read from a, a verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, talking about the reality of our redemption. Verse 7, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The first part of these verses, in whom we have redemption through his blood, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God. So we're looking today at the reality of our redemption. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study the word of God. Thank you because your word is full of life, is full of power. Thank you most of all for the great plan of redemption which you planned and sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to consummate. Thank you for your word that brings us a revelation of that plan. Thank you for giving us insight into this finished work. Thank you because by acting upon the word, we walk in the reality of our redemption. We give you praise for this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're looking today at the reality of our redemption. The reality of our redemption. So, to walk in the highest type of faith, we need to know that we have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. And that our redemption is not merely a creed. It's not merely a dogma. It's not just a mere theological doctrine, but it's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. Ephesians 1, 7, where we read, says that in whom we have redemption through his blood. Amen. We have it. We're not trying to get it. We're not hoping for it. We already have it. Amen. Through the blood of Jesus. What does it mean to redeem? According to Webster's Dictionary, to redeem means to buy back. It means to free from captivity by the payment of a ransom. To buy back, to free from captivity by the payment of a ransom. Three different Greek words are used for redeem in the Bible. One is agorazo, another is ex agorazo, and the third one is lutro. You see, we have been bought back, set free from the captivity of the enemy. In Colossians chapter 1, from verse 12 to 14, the Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, or if you like, who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So you see, as believers in Christ, we have been made partakers. We have been qualified to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. We are in the light. The rulers of the darkness of this world cannot rule in the light. And we're in the light. We are saints in the light. And God the Father has made us able, has made us meet, has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13 of that Colossians 1 says, who, talking about God the Father, has delivered us from the power, the authority of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins 
according to the riches of his grace. Amen. We have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. The devil does not have any more authority over us than Pharaoh had over the children of Israel after they had crossed the Red Sea. You see, at our new birth, God the Father took us, delivered us. He drew us to himself. He translated us from under the dominion of the forces of hell. And he put us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we are not where we used to be. We are not who we used to be. Satan's hold over us has been broken. We have been set free from captivity. A ransom has been paid. The blood of Jesus has been shed. The price was paid and it was paid in full. And so Satan's hold over us is broken. Now in that word darkness is everything Satan is and everything Satan has. It includes sin, it includes bad habits, it includes sickness, disease, poverty, failure, demonic influence, everything that the, the forces of darkness, the, everything that the devil has and is, is in that word darkness. And God the Father has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and he has translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So the devil does not have authority over us anymore by virtue of our redemption. Now, what are we redeemed from? The Bible tells us that God has redeemed us from all iniquity. So we're redeemed from iniquity. Amen. What are we redeemed from? We can see from Colossians 1, 12 to 14, that we are redeemed from Satan's dominion. He doesn't have authority over us. In Genesis 3, 15, God had said something that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Now, to bruise uh, the head of a, a, the sap, of a ruler in Oriental language means to break the lordship of that one. Satan's lordship over us is broken. Satan's authority over us is broken. Now, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 also says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we're redeemed from sin. We're redeemed from Satan's dominion. And the Bible also lets us know that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, what is the curse of the law? The only way to find out is to go back to the law and find out what its curse is. Well, reading the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, we discover that there are three uh, manifestations of that curse. Three manifestations. The curse of the law is threefold. The first part of that curse is spiritual death. Galatians, uh, Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17, God had told Adam, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that the day you eat of it, you will die. The literal Greek uh, Hebrew actually says, in dying, you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. So spiritual death is a part of that curse. Then going over to Deuteronomy chapter 28, 
from verse 1 to 14, we see the blessings that God uh, pronounced and made available to Israel for keeping the law. Uh, and from verse 15 through to verse 68, we see the consequences of breaking God's law. Amen. And in those verses, we discover that two additional things are added to spiritual death which is the primary manifestation of that curse, spiritual death. We also discover that sickness and disease is a part of the curse of the law, and so also is poverty. It's a part of the curse. It's, poverty is not a blessing, it's a curse. So sickness is not God's will, it's not God's plan. And we're redeemed from sickness and disease as well. Isaiah 53, verses four and five, the Bible says, surely, he has borne our griefs, talking about Jesus. And the Hebrew word griefs literally means sicknesses or diseases and carried our sorrows. The Hebrew word sorrows literally means pains. It says, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. So you see, we are redeemed from sickness and disease. Healing is the will of God for us, and it's been made available through the finished work of redemption. It's God's will for us to walk in health, but also poverty is a part of that curse. We're redeemed from the curse of poverty. Second Corinthians 8, 9, the Bible says, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, although he was rich, Yet for our sakes, he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. Now, was that talking about Jesus being made poor spiritually? No. Jesus in his earth work wasn't spiritually poor. A spiritually poor person won't raise the dead. Uh, that wasn't doing his earth work. And that's not talking about spiritual poverty. That's talking about poverty. The context of 2 Corinthians 8 speaks about material and financial prosperity. So it's talking about lack. It's talking about material and financial poverty. And when the Bible says that uh, Jesus was made poor, where was he made poor? How was he made poor? When he was made a curse for us, which was on the cross. Isaiah 53, 5 says that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The punishment that brought us shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken was upon him. In that word shalom is also provision, wholeness, completeness, amen, prosperity. So the punishment that brought us prosperity was upon him. So we're redeemed from spiritual death. We're redeemed from sickness and disease. We're redeemed from poverty as well. We have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. Satan does not have authority over us. Satan does not have dominion over us. And we shouldn't let him exercise any such authority because he doesn't have it. And um, if we don't know we have redemption or we know we have redemption and we don't on our redemptive rights, then we won't experience uh, the reality of this redemption. But you see, God's word has been given to us, so we will know what belongs to us, and we will take advantage of what is ours as well. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it goes on to say they loved not their lives even unto the death. We notice that talking about us overcoming the accuser of the brethren, Diabolus, the devil, it says it was by the blood of the lamb 
about the word of our testimony. Actually, that speaks of the logos of God on our lips. Now, what did the blood produce? The blood provided redemption. We saw that in Ephesians 1.7, as well as Colossians 1.14. So the blood provided redemption. But you see, we had to add our confession to what the blood has purchased. We're to say the same things about us that the word of God says. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're to add our confession to what the blood has purchased. So we're to maintain our confession. Satan, you don't have authority over me. You cannot lord it over me. I stand against you in the name of Jesus. See, that's how we're to talk as believers. We're to resist sin. We're to resist sickness. We're to resist the devil. We're to resist demonic influence. We're to resist poverty. We're to stand our ground on the basis of the finished work of redemption, on the basis of the vicarious sacrifice of Christ and put the devil in his place. And what's the devil's place is beneath our feet. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 14 and 15, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself also, talking about Jesus, uh, partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, Jesus destroyed the devil. Rotherham's translation of that place in Colossians 2, 14 and 15 says, in order that through death he might paralyze him that had the dominion of death. You see, the devil had the dominion of death, but he doesn't have it anymore. Talking about spiritual death. Jesus has paralyzed him. Jesus has brought him to naught. Colossians 2.15 says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. He despoiled them. He dethroned them. He defeated them. He defeated the devil. He brought the devil to nothing. 1 Corinthians 2.6, it says, ah, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, them that are mature, not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. The devil has been brought to naught. The devil has been brought to nothing. You see, that devil, who's the one behind sin? The one that tries to tempt us to sin. Who's the one behind sickness? The one that tries to put sickness on our bodies because sickness and disease come from him. John 10, 10 says the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we know sickness and disease come from the devil. In Luke 13, 16, Jesus said, talking about that woman who was bowed with the spirit of infirmity, he said, and ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bone on the Sabbath day. So you see, it's Satan that binds. And this Satan, Who's the one behind sin? Who's the one behind sickness and disease? Who's the one behind poverty? He's the one I'm talking about. Jesus defeated him. Jesus brought him to naught. Jesus paralyzed him. 
Jesus dethroned him. You see, Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. By one man's offense, Adam's trespass, uh, uh, because of his sin, Spiritual death seized the sovereignty and he became master. He became ruler. The Bible says, however, thank God for the second Adam. Thank God for the gift of God and the gift of righteousness and the abundance of God's grace. By that, we can reign as kings in the realm of life. So we have been set free from Satan's dominion. We have been set free from Satan's authority. He no longer has dominion over us. He no longer has authority over us. We now have authority over him. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we can stand against him. We can put him on the run with the word of God by telling the devil it is written and telling him what is written, calling his attention to what the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus has purchased for us. We can put him on the run. We can put him on the run. Praise God. And we should put him on the run. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Since for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The same price that bought our bodies, bought our spirits. That same price that made the new birth available to us also made divine healing available to us. The devil doesn't have any authority over the circumstances of our lives. And we need to stand our ground on the word and insist on our redemptive rights. We need to say the same things about us that the word of God says and insist on our redemptive rights. Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. So that tells me that the devil will take as much place in my life as I give him. But if I don't give him any place, he can't take any place. Child of God, you are redeemed from Satan's authority. That's not a prayer. That's a fact. You need to know that. You need to feed on these truths. You need to meditate in them. You need to build them into your spirit consciousness. You need to stand your ground and speak the word of God. Confess these things to yourself. By saying the same things that God's word says about you, you walk in the reality of what belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Don't forget to walk in the highest type of faith. You need to settle, number one, on the integrity of God's word. And then number two, you need to settle on the reality of our redemption. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you. 
Experience many moments that set you free and empower you for a victorious life at Rema, Nigeria. Our impactful classes and curriculum has helped thousands of people like you. Professionals, business people, those in the academia, as well as those in full-time ministry to maximize their vocation and calling. Due to the current restrictions of COVID-19, if you start your training with us online now, you can complete your entire program with us online if you so desire, even after we return to on-site classes. This offer closes 30th of September, so hurry up! Enroll with RBTC today. To enroll, visit remanigeria.com forward slash apply online forward slash. Don't miss this opportunity to start and finish online or leave you register before September 30th. Call us today on 0810116. 66836. Six. The number again 0810116 Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.